New Horizon has been serving the church in Northern Ireland since 1989, and we're delighted to bring you this talk today. We trust you will be blessed through this ministry. Good morning, everybody. Uh, just as some people are taking their seats, we're going to make a, we're going to make a start. Uh, my name is Mark Lennox. I'm one of the board members on New Horizon, and it's my honor to host the seminar of uh, fellow board member and sidekick, uh, Ali Knight. Uh, we are the dangerous two on the board in that we tend to keep it light and have a bit of fun, don't we, Ali? Um, so I think it's dangerous they've put us both together this morning. It is my honor, uh, it's my privilege to introduce our speaker this morning, uh, who's leading us in this seminar, uh, and that is, that is Ali. And Ali, if you want to come forward, could I pray for you before you begin? And uh, let's just still our hearts, whole oh, one minute. Okay, so we're going to pray together, and as we pray for Ali, I'm going to ask you to please stand, and as you stand, move to the out, the uh, move in the rows to leave the aisle as clear as possible because there's still people trying to get in uh, just to make it easier for, for filtering people in. And as you're standing, I want to say a massive thank you to the lady who allowed us jump the queue to get Ali a coffee this morning as well. <laughs> and so let's just pray for Ali. Father God, we thank you for your blessings upon us. We thank you that our well-being is at your heart. We pray, Lord, that as Ali comes now to speak to us in this seminar, that you'd speak through her and that you'd speak to us and that we would hear directly from you. And so, Lord, three things we ask, that you open our eyes, that we would see Jesus, open our ears to hear his voice and open our hearts to receive him into our lives. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Mark. I don't actually know why we were allowed to do this together either. And um, some of you know my dad um, is, well, his nickname is uh, relevant to a soft drink called Fanta. <laughs> um, oh, that was a good start. <laughs> Mark, help my speaker. <laughs> we keep it real. <laughs> that is your rightful place, Mark Lennox. <laughs> Could someone take a photo? <laughs> Don't touch, okay. Um, no, I, um, as board members, we host seminars and some of us are taking seminars. And I saw Dad was taking one yesterday and I said, I'll host that one. But we were banned from being together um, because Shirley Taylor said nothing would actually happen other than just laughter. Um, <laughs> So thank you for coming, and I really appreciate you um, choosing this seminar for whatever reason um, you have. Some of you, I'm looking out, and I do see familiar faces, which is lovely. Some are not familiar. Um, I want to say from the outset, if you have come uh, to a seminar expecting an expert's exposition you're in the wrong seminar and <laughs> um, because I am not an expert especially in this topic um, but I am someone who's learning how to wrestle with this topic I am someone who has had many moments of weakness and some of those I'll share with you today I also have my mum here so I have to tell the truth at all times <laughs> um, so I will be keeping it very real um, and I have to admit, um, all of this week is very close to my heart, this renewed mind things, because I don't know if all of you know what I do and who I am, but um, my day job is I work as a counsellor or a therapist. In fact, I will be doing that this afternoon. Um, but that is my day job, and I've been doing that for about five years, and I do a little bit of training um, counselling students too, and I see some of their faces here today, which is lovely, um, and do some wellbeing workshops. But a lot of why I'm passionate about seeing the healing of the brokenhearted and setting the captives free is because I am one of them. <laughs> I have been a captive and I have been set free. And then sometimes I become a captive again and then I've been set free. Um, and we'll look at that together um, today. But please know this is a talk from the heart. It is not from someone who has it all sussed or has it all together. But I do want to share 
things I think I've been learning about rising strong when we feel weak. And I'm continuing to learn. Um, and I actually, <laughs> genuinely, I had a little strop with God, right, about two weeks ago. <laughs> Maybe you're all much more holy than me and never strop with God. But I had COVID for the third time at the end of June. <laughs> Uh, which I did not rejoice in very much and was quite unwell with it. And then I, I've still been feeling I'm kind of getting over that. And last week, that on Tuesday, felt that feeling at the back of your throat, <laughs> temperature, cough, cold, not COVID, not COVID, all is okay, um, and was really unwell. And I was in bed feeling really grotty, and I thought, flip me who am I to be talking about rising strong when we feel weak I am just going to pull out no, 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 no. but actually I think I'm just the right person to talk about it because I had to really work hard last week at putting some of this into practice and I think we have to be real to life is hard uh, quite often or sometimes and I know every face in here has a story behind it and some of those stories we'll never know and um, maybe some of the stories I do know but everyone has a story but actually I think sometimes I keep fighting for life to be perfect all the time but it just can't be because we're not in heaven yet <laughs> but but we want to make the most of life and thrive uh, not just survive but actually the reality is today's talk is in the context of there will be trouble. And we see in the New Testament, take up your cross. Now, that does not mean God wants us to lead a life of drudgery and pain and awfulness. That is definitely not his plan for our lives. But there will be trouble and there will be hard times. But I hope today we'll see a little bit of we take a dip into the valley and then we come up to the mountaintop and then we take a dip again. That's what life is like. Um, but remembering there is always a little lily to be found in the valley, right? And I want to make very clear, God does not inflict the valley upon us just to test how resilient we are. I'm a mummy <coughs> of one daughter who's 17. I know I do not look old enough for a 17-year-old. You're all shocked by that, I'm quite sure. I have a 17-year-old, and she's gorgeous. Um, but I would never, as a parent, deliberately set up some sort of test for Kimmy to see how strong she is, how much she is resilient, how she manages to hold on to my love and all of that. Uh, no, that's God knows the tough stuff happened, but he doesn't send it. But my goodness, he uses it. Broken can become beautiful. So this is a topic I'm very passionate about. And to condense all I want to share with you into an hour has been very difficult for me. I also love talking. <laughs> and um, for Ali to condense anything to an hour, is going to require a miracle, which I hope will happen today. But forgive me if we run a tiny few minutes over because I have so much I'd love to share with you. So I'm hoping all my technology, um, I, I have to say people are very proud of my PowerPoint today. <laughs> so um, just saying, <laughs> I, I did it all by myself, <laughs> which is wonderful. So can everybody see that okay? Yeah. So some of you will be here today and you are tired and you are weary. And I'm a little bit tired and I'm a little bit weary today. Um, but, but God is with us. But some of you will actually be in this place. Yeah, that's Mark Lennox. <laughs> yeah. Um, on his morning run. <laughs> Uh, Mark is a Church of Ireland vicar and one of his people sent that to me. No. <laughs> but some of you, I am aware, you are here and you're actually feeling quite good. And that's okay. We rejoice with you. <laughs> that's wonderful. And maybe you're here because you're thinking, I'd love to pick up some tips how to help others who are weak. But I can guarantee at some point you'll hit a little valley. Um, and I hope some of this will help today. So being aware, some of us are tired and weary, and he has promised to give us rest. Some of us will be here feeling good, and that is great. But I hope today will feel a little bit like being given some tools to put in a toolbox um, for when we are feeling weak and we want to rise stronger. 
I would imagine some of us are feeling overwhelmed. Um, that last slide. Some of us are either in the middle of burnout or have come through burnout. And don't worry, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, um, but I would imagine many people here at New Horizon have had burnout. A huge problem in the days we live in. My story, um, and partly where all this learning has been coming out from, and partly my counselling training, is about five years ago, maybe a little bit longer, I had a major, major um, encounter of burnout. In fact, I might bring it to the point of, um, without being dramatic, a bit of a breakdown. Um, so it was so refreshing to hear John <laughs> this morning um, share his story. And I was like, yay, <laughs> I'm not the only one. Because <laughs> um, you do feel as a Christian, gosh, is this my lack of capacity? Am I a failure? You hear all these little lies. But the reality is it I was in a job that was... Um, probably a little bit too much. My lovely dad, who's been a minister for 50 years now, in a, and is as passionate and energetic about his job now more than ever. He says he's refired, not retired, right? And <laughs> um, we need to like tie him down. He's like a helium balloon, and mum needs to kind of chase him and <laughs> hold him down. But I remember dad saying, Ali, I don't think Jesus would apply for that job. <laughs> I should have listened. Anyway, Long story short, we don't need to go into all the details, but I burnt out and I was very broken. And I had probably about eight to nine months of recovery and a big fight to not feel it was my failure or um, all about something wrong in me. Um, but looking to truth and looking to Jesus and he does take all our broken pieces and he does put them back together. I certainly five years ago would never have dreamt or imagined I'd be standing here giving a talk like this because I thought life was over. So had a journey of rebuilding and restoring and um, thanks to God, thanks to doctors, thanks to medication, thanks to family and good, good friends. Um, but I want you to know that today this story is out of a real place. Because sometimes I think we come to talks like this and we think, well, it's all very well for them. She's the trained counsellor. Everything is okay in her life. It really isn't. Um, but actually... Over and over and over, e even in my weakest points, I have seen that it is possible in God's strength to rise strong. So, interestingly, John and I have no discussion about his talk this morning or mine, but there is a little bit of dovetailing, which is wonderful. How are we made? Because part of rising strong when we feel weak is understanding how we are made. Okay, so we are made, if we're looking at, if I had a lens here and I'm looking at all of you, all of us are made in the image of God. As um, John said, we are not God, which we'll come on to later, but we are made in the image of God. But we are broken in nature. The hard stuff does happen. But we have potential. We have potential because we're made in the image of God. This little diagram is just exactly what John was talking about. We have needs, okay? Um, and we have the body, we have soul, we have mind, spirit, and all of those areas come under attack when we're feeling weak. Okay, I love this picture, and I'll tell you why, because I think it represents our lives a lot. So we see this, I mean, I'm not a gardener. <laughs> One of my neighbours is also here. Hi, Frida. <laughs> I'm not a gardener, am I? No. Um, so, um, I love this. It could be a flower or a weed. I have no idea, but it's yellow and it's one of my favourite colours, so it's beautiful to me. <laughs> but um, what I love is whatever the thing is, <laughs> that plant or weed, it has broken through, hasn't it? So it has been crushed. I uh, you know, how it has broken through concrete, I do not know. But life is going to be hard. Our circumstances are going to be amazing sometimes, and they are going to be horrendous at other times. And I don't know about you, but there are, <laughs> there are times you feel like everything comes together 
does anybody else relate to that? Where you feel it's a catalogue of things have all come together. And you look up and you think, seriously? I remember my supervisor was here yesterday, um, my counselling supervisor, and she was doing the talk I was hosting. And I remember on Zoom, during lockdown, we were doing supervision, and I just held my hands like this on the screen and went, am I just a drama queen that attracts so much drama? <laughs> now, she very reassuringly said, you're not a drama queen, you're passionate about life. I take that. But there are times we feel like we have one drama after another. However, we come back to this picture and we might cry out seriously. A bit like Ben Stewart said last night, we have to acknowledge. We don't have to push it down. We don't have to pretend we're all okay. I think we're all very clever at wearing the public face, aren't we? And, but there's a private face behind all of us. But we need to be a bit more real. But this gives us hope. Whatever our circumstances, whatever is happening, we know we can rise strong somehow. And I bet you're all thinking, Ali, could you just get on and tell us how? Because that's why we came. So here we go. What helps? What are some practical tools? I think... Um, a huge part is actually what, if you were here last night, don't know how many, how many were here last night? I just Yeah, wonderful. That makes my job easier. So I think I was nearly cheering for Ben as a counsellor going, yes, we need to acknowledge it is okay. I know we hear the strap line, it's okay to not be okay. But as Christians, we're really terrible at that weren't we? You know, we do, when I'm training counselling students, they'll all know this, the words, but at least are banned, okay? I'm really struggling, but, oh, sorry, Mark, that was for effect. Um, I'm, if you could get down on bended knee again, that would be great. Um, that we, we kind of, feel, thank you, I'm so sorry. Just want to check you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah, that we need to acknowledge that sometimes we're doing this thing of putting a silver lining on everything, aren't we? And we know God is faithful. We are not questioning that. We know God is a good God. We know all the truth. But there are times we just need somebody to acknowledge that is really hard. The number of people who sit in a little chair in my counseling room who feel so misunderstood, who feel their pain is not being validated or acknowledged, and particularly in Christian circles, because there's been, oh, but at least God is good. He is good, I know that, but when I'm really down, a bit like what John said this morning, we just need that arm around us. It's going to be okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. So we say no, but at least. But I think there are three key things in this journey of rising strong when we feel weak. And we're going to work our way through each one. I hope there will be time for that. So firstly, we need to rest. And I'm going to talk about that. There's rest. Then there's refuel. But refuel is of body, mind, and soul. And then there's rising resilient. And I bet you're all, could we just get to that right now? Because that's the bit we want to know, isn't it? But there's a process to get there. So firstly, rest. Rest means a million things to different people. Rest is not just lying in bed. Rest is that coffee with the most hilarious friend you have in your world. Rest can be watching Netflix. Rest can be spending time with God. And we all have to work out what our rest is. But I think one of the big things in my story of burnout that I shared, I was not very good at the, he makes me lie down in Psalm 23. I was like, I can do this. I am a conqueror. I'm falling apart, but I can do this. And I remember sitting in my GP. My GP will have a very special place in heaven. I remember sitting with my GP five years ago and crying and crying. And she said, Ali, you need to go off work. I can't. I've got two funerals to do. <laughs> and which I did. I was working in a church. I've got two funerals to do and 90 small groups to find in a week. <laughs> And I can't, I can't. And then I said, but I have a week's holiday coming. And she went, 
Okay. She said, I'll tell you what, Ali, you see how much that week helps and then we'll review the situation. Well, I was back after my week's holiday in more of a sobbing mess. <laughs> I was refusing to rest because of many things, partly uh, a theme that's come up, that approval thing. I don't want to let people down. I don't want to disappoint. We don't have to... Uh, we don't need approval from anybody. Our God loves us and we are secure in that. I always say to people, I'm a recovering people pleaser because it will always be a bit of a challenge. But so much of our drive and our overdrivenness is to do with actually people pleasing, um, to be honest. But that's a, ho a whole other talk. But the starting point for me was recognizing especially reading Psalm 23. He leads me by still waters. He makes me lie down, Psalm 23. And actually, I had to stop. I had to rest. I couldn't keep going. And for some of us, that will mean we're at the stage of burnout and we actually do need to stop. We do need to go off work. For some of us, it's just we're at the stage. Rest means slower pace. Um, you need to just slow down a bit. So being aware what what rest we need for whatever stage we're at. I love the story of, uh, as we're looking at rest, um, of Jesus in the boat. <laughs> and I picture myself. So Jesus in the boat in the situation where there was the storm. He was asleep and the disciples were freaking out. I would be that disciple, right? We are doomed. <laughs> We're going to die. <laughs> and Jesus was just asleep in the boat. And if we look at, I'm going to try and turn to here without touching my stand or I'll be in big trouble with Mark. I'm so scared to touch this stand. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. <laughs> but I can tell you about it. I'm looking at Mark 4. Uh, around verse 38. But the situation is, Jesus is asleep in the boat. The disciples are freaking out, as I've said. And what really strikes me is they couldn't understand why can he rest in the storm? The storm is raging. But Jesus knew who his father was and rested in him. Okay? Jesus knew who his father was and rested in him. So he could sleep. The, oh. <laughs> now if I step near it, it's going down. So remembering that. But also, the disciples had to come to a point of letting Jesus be Jesus <laughs> and let Jesus do his job. And I really felt, as I prayed about today, that there's some people here and it is really God wants to just say to you, he's sort of standing in the gap between you and the storm. And he just wants you to rest so he can take care of the storm. And it was literally like I saw a, a picture of, of just individuals in this boat and Jesus got up, he woke up, and it was like he was saying stop to the storm and he was holding it back because he has promised the waters will not overwhelm us. So I hope that encourages somebody today. So we can find rest even in our storm. That's some storm there. Um, and I can't imagine feeling at rest in a boat <laughs> in the middle of that, okay? But Jesus knew who his father was and he knew he had authority and he could say, stop, okay? So, as I said, leading by still waters, we need to actually allow God the chance to restore our soul. It is okay to stop. And I, f I do sort of smile to myself every time I read, he makes me lie down, because I think there are times I have, I, I wouldn't like to say I'm stubborn, um, but perhaps I am. Um, and he has had to make me lie down with, with love. So in Jesus, we find our resting place, okay? I love that old hymn, I heard the voice of Jesus say, come on to me and rest. Lay down, thy weary one, lay down thy head upon my chest. I came to Jesus as I was, weary and worn and sad, but in him I found a resting place, and he has made me glad. 
And that is what this rest is all about. And I, I am going to look in a little minute about some ways of resting because I think we get that a little... I think we give ourselves too much pressure about the rest thing. It means lots of different things to lots of different people. So we've done the rest. We're moving now into refresh. But we need to refresh body, mind, and soul. So my time of recovery was not just about lying down. It was actually about trying to get enough sleep, eating well, trying to have little gentle walks when I could. I want to say, as a counsellor, I know we bang on about this thing called self-care, but this is a huge part of rising strong when we feel weak. However, I'm going to be controversial. Self-care can end up being one of the greatest stresses in our lives and actually ends up sabotaging <laughs> because sometimes we make self-care so utterly unrealistic. You know, I work full-time, I have a teenager, I have a husband, I have a life and I, I can't go on holiday every week. I can't, you know, I mean, that, I, I did ask my GP, could she not give me a prescription to go to the Galgorm? For at least a week, she said no. Um, but self-care needs to be realistic. I'm very passionate about this for your life stage. I can't tell a mummy with three kids under the age of five to have a wee lie down every afternoon, okay? That's just not possible. Self-care can happen in little pockets. Little pockets. One of my big self-care things, and this is going to sound very simple and sad, I live locally, so I drive to an unknown location because I'm not sharing it with you. <laughs> and it might involve the sea. <laughs> and I get a takeaway coffee, I really splash out, and I just stare at the sea, <laughs> even for half an hour. And I feel like a new person, okay? So make self-care fun, not another stress, not another thing to tick off. I would love to do another whole seminar about self-care because I have all kinds of ideas about that. But make it realistic for whatever life stage you're in. Make it little pockets that are actually achievable. But that is part of refreshing body, mind and soul. Um, and boundaries. Again, another whole seminar. But Part of our self-care is this amazing word called no. My mum has taught me many wonderful things. Thank you, mother. And I did not hear that voice in the tent. <laughs> Thank you, mum. Um, I was going to be nice to you, but I may retract that now. <laughs> No, mum has been amazing at helping me understand that no is a complete sentence. Who knew? I feel, or I have felt, because I'm getting much better, that when I say I am so sorry, but because I'm really maybe having some time for myself, oh, maybe you're all going to know my trick now. Hmm. <laughs> but that I don't actually need to justify. I give people a whole essay on why I can't meet them for a coffee or why I can't see them. No is a complete sentence. And another little top tip, I have started putting in my diary um, the letters J-O-T. And I, I put it out or I block it out in my diary. J-O-T is just one thing. And that just one thing is looking after me. Okay, so I can genuinely say to people, I am so sorry, but I have something in my diary. You know, a bit like a businessman who says he's on a course, but it's a golf course, <laughs> right? It's exactly the same principle. But boundaries and, oh, honestly, I wish I could do a whole thing on that because it's massive and it has been a learning curve for me because I love people. I really, I, ha I genuinely love people. I am quite the extrovert, but I think I'm becoming more of an introvert. You know, if, if the person who serves me in spa doesn't connect with me, I feel I failed, right? <laughs> I make them my mission. <laughs> You're not giving me eye contact, I will make you look at me, <laughs> okay? Um, I love people, but I have learnt I need to look after me too. Because, uh, you know, in an airplane, thank goodness this has never happened, but when there's an emergency, the uh, oxygen mask comes down, right? I've said this to some of you here before. And that, what we're told is, put it on yourself. The life jacket goes on myself, the mask goes on myself, because I can't help anybody else 
unless I'm safe. Okay, so remembering that. I love the story of Elijah in this. Um, again, I, I'd love to read the whole passage, but I'm, I'm aware of time. But if we look at Elijah, I think he is the perfect example of this refreshing body, mind, soul, spirit. Um, so if you make a note, Elijah, 1 Kings 19, verses 3 to 14. Elijah, to be fair, had had a little crisis, okay, in that story. He'd not had a good time. But actually, he came, uh, he basically ran away, actually, which we do feel like doing sometimes. But what I love is God is so practical. God is not a distant God. He is in our everyday, ordinary lives. So what does he do for Elijah? Elijah is wrecked. He's stressed out. Um, he's a bit like, I love the description Ben Stewart used last night of the octopus on skates. I said to mum this morning, I am that octopus. <laughs> um, but I'm working at not being that octopus sometimes. Elijah slept, okay? And basically God instructed him to have a sleep. Sometimes there is something physically going on. And as a counsellor, one of the things I say to people, when did you last have a checkup with your GP? you know, because there could be something physically going on. You might be low in iron. There might be something. So being very realistic, we do have physical needs. Are you not sleeping? Are you not eating? Because that will affect your mood. So I'm not saying that's the reason for getting weak and weary, but sometimes it is. And I love how God in this story takes care of the physical needs, rest, and then he says, get up and eat. Clearly, I've heard that instruction too many times. <laughs> I love my food. <laughs> but actually, for Elijah, he, had, he needed sleep. He needed food and sustenance. And then he falls asleep again. And God says, get up and eat. And, and he does. And then the story tells us he manages on that sustenance to do a 40-day trek, basically. So... If it works for Elijah, it works for us. Sometimes we need to sleep. Sometimes we need to eat. Sometimes, and my challenge, we need to eat the right thing, don't we? But looking after our physical needs is so important. And then what I love is as Elijah has taken care of his physical needs and rested and ate, he has the energy and sustenance to keep going. But it also means he's ready to hear God's voice more clearly. He goes out onto the mountain and we're told in that story, you know, the wind came and he didn't hear God in the big drama, the big wind or um, the big noise. It was in a still, small whisper. And I believe we can be so much more tuned and tuned in to God when we have rested and when we have looked after our physical needs. So we have physical needs um, basic needs, but we also have spiritual needs. And I know this will look different for all of us, but we, we need his sustenance of his word, being with other Christians, um, encouraging one another. We, you know, we need to actually have the nourishment of um, our spiritual beings being nourished, not just the physical. And then we have psychological needs and emotional needs, which are my favorite because I'm a counselor. And actually, I'm just going to home in on these because there's a very practical tool I want you to take away today um, to do with our psychological needs. And some of you will have heard this before, so forgive me, but I hope you hear it in a fresh way today. I think sometimes um, our tanks are empty. Would anybody here, like, just wave at me if you've ever felt empty or running dry? <gasps> Yay! Hello, friends! <laughs> Great. <laughs> so that is real life, isn't it? And I know uh, my husband will also have a very special place in heaven. He's a total introvert off the scale, and I'm Mrs. Extrovert. The poor man can hardly ever get a word in edgeways, <laughs> but he's learning to just listen. Um, but... He gets slightly irritated with me, I know not why, when I ignore the red light of, you need more petrol. Anybody else done that trick? It'll be fine. I can go another 50 miles on five miles. <laughs> 
that my little dashboard is telling me. No, I can't. I ran out of petrol and I was in trouble. We are very good at ignoring our warning lights. So my challenge to you, and if you have a notebook, I want you to write this down. What are your warning lights? Because if we don't know our warning lights, we will hit the weakness uh, much quicker and for much longer. But sometimes we can rise strong much quicker because we've listened to our warning lights. So my burnout five years ago, uh, so much of that was to do with the job I was in and that being very difficult, very difficult time. However, I now look back and I think there were warning lights that I ignored. So some of my <laughs> warning lights are I become, I don't want to see people. And that's not my normal. That's one of my biggest warning lights. I don't want, uh, I want to retreat. I just want to be on my own. Another warning light is I just feel on a slight short fuse and perhaps those tiles on the bathroom floor have become a much more major issue than ever before. <laughs> okay, so my warning light, short fuse, um, wanting to withdraw. Anybody like to shout out some of your warning lights? Would you be brave enough to do that? Say that again. Eating rubbish. Welcome to my world. Yeah. Yeah. So be aware what your warning lights are. First step. Because we actually, just like with a car, we cannot ignore the empty tank. We actually need to refuel. A huge part of rising strong. And I wish, I wish we all, you know, look back and wish we'd done things differently at times. But I wish I'd listened to my warning lights and things could have been very different. There's this wonderful thing, and, and I do this pretty much with anybody who comes to see me for counselling at some point or other. But part of rising strong when we feel weak is acknowledging we have tanks. We don't just have one tank like a car. We have several tanks. We can get away with one of these tanks being low, but any more than that, we are in trouble. Okay. So what I'd love to do is... I am going to do a mass counselling session right now, okay? <laughs> oh, I should put my glasses on for this. All right, that's my... No, <laughs> I, do, I do not do that as a counsellor. But I hope this is going to be a helpful and very practical tool for you to take away. God has made us in his image. God has made us with physical needs, with spiritual needs. Our emotional needs, we can actually break down into four different things. Lots of research has been done on this. Um, I'm not making this up, but uh, an amazing man called William Glasser uh, many years ago narrowed down our most basic emotional needs are love and belonging, significance, freedom, and fun. And I actually think, I don't know if that guy is a Christian or not, um, I learned about him in my counselling course, but I actually, I think they're very biblical. <laughs> love and belonging significance, freedom, and fun, all things that God longs for us to have. So very quickly, we're going to go through each of these. And what you might like to do, you don't need to do it today, but you might want to go home and ponder this, but actually draw out, you know, four tanks and put love and belonging, significance, freedom, and fun. And then look at those tanks and think how full or how empty are they? to start with. But let me explain what each of them are. Love and belonging is a basic need we have, really ties in with what John was talking about this morning. Love and belonging is being part of a community, part of a church for so many of us. That's how we meet our love and belonging, being part of a family, being part of a friendship group, and being part of a a group of people we can be so real with. And I'm going to make a confession today. I um, Love and belonging is a fairly high for me. I am a very blessed bunny with great friends, great family, uh, great community. But I'm part of a book club. It's partly how I meet my love and belonging. I've been in this book club for five years now. We have not read a book yet. And the other girls in the book club, if you're listening to this recording, the secret is now out. We have never read a book, <clears throat> but we call ourselves on WhatsApp book club. <laughs> it started with the intention of we would work through a book. But actually, we're all Christians. 
And the, it actually terrifies me. And quite often, to begin with, I tried to get out of going. We are highly accountable to each other. And it is so scary. <laughs> one of them, one time, took my phone off me for 24 hours. <laughs> um, because she said, Ali, your brain needs a break. You're too available. And I was like... <laughs> um, but this book club has been a huge part of me keeping my love and belonging tank filled and they don't always tell me the things I want to hear make sure you have some friends like that they're the best they're not just trying to please us they really have our backs so we meet love and belonging through all those things then our significance tank Significance is not being a diva, okay, or whatever the male version of a diva is. <laughs> um, significance, oh dear, right, I'm going to stand away. Significance is all about we feel purpose. We feel we have a reason that we're on earth. And please hear me, that reason can be as simple as I'm, I clean toilets, I'm a cleaner. That reason can be I'm a mummy. That reason can be I am a single person with a heart for God to serve. So significance can come from all kinds of things. Quite often it does come from our job or a role we have, but we all need to feel we make a difference. Okay, so if that tank is low, or love and belonging is low, or if any of these tanks are low, have a think, how could I fill these a little bit? Okay, so significance is really about purpose, freedom. Now, this is a tricky one for us <laughs> sometimes as Christians. This is not freedom. I can run wild and free and do whatever I want, okay? It is finding freedom to be who God made us to be. Uh, I didn't feel much freedom in a job that was daily overwhelming me. I felt trapped, actually. And I needed to lay that down. I did have to resign. But I stepped in to freedom because I was carrying something that wasn't meant for me to carry. And then I stepped into going back to what I trained in as a counsellor. And I have found the best freedom. I love my job. <laughs> I do get a bit tired sometimes and weary. But freedom is a sense of we're, we have freedom to choose. And again, sometimes life stage can affect that. But we need to find pockets of freedom. You know, if we're... I know I'm going back to parents, but I'm so aware um, for those who do have kids, there's a lack of freedom at a lot of stages, isn't there? You know, where you can't just pop anywhere. <laughs> you want to put yourself in the playpen instead of the child to get a break. <laughs> um, so finding freedom is possible no matter what life stage we're in. So find pockets of even freedom to choose. I am putting J-O-T in my diary and having some time for me. That's freedom I'm, I'm getting to choose. But in, you know, from a Christian perspective, we are free. You know, because we love Jesus, we are people of freedom. But I think so often we don't feel like that. But some of that is, is down to us making some choices. And I know that for some people, there's very, like, domestic violence. Um, someone who's trapped in a situation they really feel they can't get out of. I'm not, you know, saying you need to just have a pocket of freedom. Those are very different situations. But in this context, we're just talking about day-to-day -day life, topping up our freedom tank. And this is my favourite tank. Fun, right? I have grown up in quite a funny family, to be fair. And I have a father who just creates fun wherever he goes. So fun is very normal to me. And I, I genuinely mean this. I have to be careful that I don't use humor to deflect from the stuff I need to deal with. But humor has literally saved my life, okay? And we do take life a little bit too seriously. And please hear me, I am not just saying when we're feeling weak, we go, ha, 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 and then it's all better. That is not what I'm talking about. But sometimes it's intentionally hanging out where we know there'll be some fun. 
even if we feel in the dark place. I have to say, when I was really depressed and very low, like John um, explained today, I never want to feel that ever again because it felt like this dark cloud settled and no matter what you did, it wasn't going away. But what I did do eventually, I literally had friends turning up at my door and dragging <laughs> me out. You are coming out. I don't want to. I just keep crying. It doesn't matter. You just sit in the coffee shop and cry. Okay. <laughs> but actually, just being around fun was topping up my tank. And I, I, I do love fun. I love having laughter. But actually, there are times I know I've not chosen fun or I've not chosen to be near it because it feels too hard. But actually, our fun tank does need filled. Quite often, I'll say to people, when is the last time you belly laughed? And they'll go, I don't remember. Okay. And, and without going into lots of neuroscience, when we laugh, all kinds of endorphins are released. And they help us rise strong when we feel weak. But I'm not talking about being dismissive about hard times. And it, I've absolutely agree with what John said this morning if someone is really low and depressed they do not need a silver lining or come on let's jolly along no but just um, being around fun sometimes can help so I'd really challenge you to look at each of those tanks in your own time but it's a continual review process so if I suddenly feel warning lights I felt some warning lights last week sometimes our warning lights can be physical things um, in my teenage years, I had quite a battle with ME or chronic fatigue, whatever you want to call it. And then again in my 20s. And I know one of my physical warning lights is I just feel that achy feel or and it's time to lie down and rest or to fill some of these tanks. Because we want to be people who are continually refreshed. It is not a one-off thing to be refreshed. It is a continual intentional choice to find ways to be refreshed at times. We don't want to be dry and barren. So we've done um, rest, we've done refuel, and now we're into coming into land with rising resilient. Resilience, I think I will probably write a book on one day. And I don't know <laughs> if any of you have heard the song. I actually don't even know who does it. But um, it goes like, I get knocked down, but I get up again. I wish a Christian had written it because there's something very biblical about that. But resilience used to freak me out a little bit because it felt like a pressure. I have to be okay. Resilient means being okay. It actually doesn't. I remember um, at that crossroads where I finished a job and I was wondering would I ever do anything normal ever again, um, a very kind friend had trained as a life coach and she used me as a guinea pig, okay? And I remember spending a couple of days with her and we looked at all the highs and lows in my life. It was, it was actually quite scary, and it was all on flip chart paper across her lounge wall. But a beautiful thing happened out of it. I was actually feeling a bit overwhelmed about how many dips there had <laughs> been. Because I have lived with the most extraordinarily loving family and parents, and I've had the best upbringing a girl could have. But there have been some really hard knocks, because life is hard sometimes. But as we plotted my highs and my lows, a beautiful pattern started forming, where there'd be, she literally did like a chart, but it was like, she said, wow, yours is quite interesting compared to others, Ali. <laughs> I was like, that's because I'm special. <laughs> yeah, but it went quite a lot like this. But I will never forget this. I actually feel moved even thinking about it. She said, but look, every time there's been a dip, you've come back up again. And I want to say to all of you, if you were to plot your life, every time you've taken a dip, you have come back up again. And we really need to hold on to that because in our weakest moments, we have lie after lie after lie. Like I had a weak moment last week, genuinely, where I... I I nearly pulled out of doing this because <laughs> I was like, you know that little like, well, who do you think you are? You've hardly got up today. You feel so unwell. And you were only unwell a month ago. My lovely supervisor who spoke yesterday talked about she went for a walk yesterday morning before the seminar and a lie filled her head. What if I'm the only person in the tent? 
You know, when we're feeling weak, the lies attack and we hold on to truth even more. And holding on to the truth, I mean, like, literally looking at the truth in the Bible, declaring truth out loud if we have to. That works too. But that is what helps us get knocked down but come back up again, rising strong. Resilience means, I, I love, I'm going to step over so you can all see this. You know, Wimbledon happened, didn't it, a few weeks ago. But I think of resilience like a tennis ball. And I, don't, I didn't watch loads of Wimbledon, but what, anything I saw, my goodness, they whack that ball, <laughs> don't they? And then they whack it again. But every time it gets whacked, it bounces back up again. That is resilience. To bounce back from adversity, to absorb trauma. We all have trauma in our lives. Trauma is not just being attacked or having a massive accident. We all experience trauma in all kinds of ways in our lives, in little things and in big things. But this resilience thing, we can absorb the trauma, but we rebound back up like that tennis ball. And remember that in your low moments, fill your mind with the truth of, I have got knocked down, but this has happened before, and I will bounce back again. And do you know what? I let you into secret. You don't even have to believe that. Sometimes we make these declarations, and somewhere along the line, the disbelief of them, the more we say them, the more we practice them in their head, the feeling and the belief catches up with the statement, okay? So remembering that. And resilience is also a positive outcome despite high risks. And I love David in the Bible. I'm like, thank you, God, you put him in the Bible for us to read about because he's so normal, right? He had many knocks. He really did. And I love how John brought out this morning, you know, the Psalms. And uh, there's such a lamenting of David a lot of the time. But one of the things I love about David, if we look at 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, he had a little wobble too. I love all these Bible characters who have wobbles, <laughs> just like us. So reassuring. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. And part of our rising resilient is we go through the process of rest, we refuel, and, you know, that's kind of, we've been in the valley, we're starting to come back up. But actually, we need to remind ourselves and I, I, I know this sounds so simple, but I don't think it's always where we default to. We have a bit of a human wobble and we try and rise with all kinds of things and they're not working. But sometimes it's just stop, be still, strengthen myself in the Lord. So how did David do that? Let's be very practical. He held on to the truth of God's promises. And I've really had to do that. And even if I found some of those truths hard to really believe, I have practiced reading them. I have practiced almost listening to them sometimes. I've practiced even writing them. Um, holding on to promises, so important. The other thing I love, which came out this morning and very much last night in Ben's talk, David kept it real. I loved Ben's idea last night of, you know, starting with pouring out our anguish, what's hard. God God loves to hear that. You know, I am a mummy and I love when Kimmy is happy and I love when she's having the joyful times, but I want to hear the bad stuff. I don't want her to journey alone in the bad stuff. And I'm a human parent. God is a supersonic parent, so he can take it even much better than we can. So always keep it real. Cry out to God. I had my hissy fit last week. But I'm sick again. Why did you let me get sick, God? But I, I had to just work that through with him. His shoulders were big enough to take that. David also encouraged himself by declaring God's truth. So many declarations in the Psalms. Um, and I, that is definitely a part of rising stronger. He reminded himself of God's faithfulness in the past. This is definitely something I forget, where I'm in the middle of whatever the wobble is and having a little, ah, and then I think, oh, well, you know what? 
I had that wobble or I had a different wobble and God was there. God did scoop me up eventually. Okay, so remembering he has been faithful in the past and he will continue to be faithful. The other thing very practically, and I'm not good at this, but I'm getting better, he drew others alongside him. Um, and we do need other people, okay? We are not made to survive alone. We do need other people. It can just be one or two trusted people. It doesn't have to be a whole group. But we need the people we keep it real with. So remember, David strengthened himself in the Lord. We are not superheroes. I think we feel we have to be. But we, we are not superheroes. I remember... Um, someone very lovingly saying to me, I was trying to help so many people and I was worried about so many people and I was trying to work out how to fix so many people. And this person saying, Ali, you're not actually the saviour of the world. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> but we slip into that. I need to fix this or this financial problem's too big and this and that and this and that. But we keep looking to the greatest hero, Jesus. So remember that we can take off the capes. It's his job. I love this verse, and I know it will be familiar to all of you about, and I look at it over and over when I'm in my weakness. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And I love Charlie Mackesy's book. I'm sure some of you have seen it. Um, but one of his little illustrations here, this is getting harder, side the boy. Then every step you take is a bigger victory. And remembering that, Whenever we're really weak and we're longing to rise strong, every little step is going to make a difference. We will not be overwhelmed. I think I love the verse in Isaiah, a bruised reed he will not break. And I've held on to that many times. And that sense of we feel we're just at breaking point. I actually think we even feel we have broken, but we've bruised but maybe not fully broken, because a bruised reed he will not break. He sees, he knows, he understands. All right, for that. God loves you, and he's got you always. And again, Charlie Maxey says, what else do you think? I think, said the horse, you are doing better than you think. And may you be encouraged by that today. And sometimes we do need more help, okay? I'm saying sometimes it's friends we gather around us. Sometimes it's these practical tools. But I needed more help five years ago. I, I got some counseling and had some lovely prayer um, ministry. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And I think in Northern Ireland particularly, and I think you'll all agree with me, we are the expert at, how are you? I'm fine. How many times? And we just, I think we just say it. We don't even really think what we're saying. I'm fine. Let's be a bit, we can't pour our souls out to everybody, and I know that. But let's be a little bit more real when we're not fine. So rising strong when we feel weak, remember. Rest, and that means lots of different things. Then refuel, body, mind, and soul, like Elijah. And then rise resilient so i really appreciate you listening to that i really hope even one thing has been helpful um, that there's been something practical but my prayer now is that you will actually hear what god wanted you to hear today and that something will settle in your heart that um, he wanted you to hear but do not journey alone and he is a faithful god and we have knocks, life is hard, but I promise you he's always faithful. And my uh, chart like that um, is a testimony. So thank you for listening. I think by some miracle we actually finished on time. Um, but I will hand back to Mark. Thank you, Ali, for, uh, for sharing with us and so honestly sharing uh, about your own experiences and your own painful. Unfortunately, we don't have time for questions. We have, we have run out of time. Um, if anybody needs any support or you want to visit uh, any of the prayer team, please feel free to do so. That facility is available at New Horizon and, and take that opportunity to do so. Uh, 
Ali is a people pleaser, so she may not say this herself, so I'm going to be the baddie and say it for her. We're like good cop, bad cop. Uh, Ali does have another engagement to rush off to, so she probably won't really have time to talk to everybody that would want to speak to her. Uh, and so we would ask you to just uh, let, her, let her get herself uh, shifted. But, uh, but just as we, as we close, we're going to pray together. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are such a loving God and that you are an all-knowing God. We thank you that you have at your heart our best interests and you only want the best for us as a loving Father. Father, as we draw to a close now in this seminar, we pray that you'd be with us through the rest of today. We pray that you'd bless us through the rest of this week, that you would inspire us and continue to speak to us from your word. Father, we thank you for Ali. We thank you for her honesty. And we pray you'd bless her in the role that you've called her to. to. And now may the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the unending love of God the Father, and the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit, bless, preserve, and keep each one of you this day and forevermore. Amen. Any Anglicans among us? Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to this talk. If you would like to know more about New Horizon, please visit our website at newhorizon.org.uk.